program for the students of Epic Charter Schools. Joining us today, uh, some of our student journalists, Solomon, Max, Anya, and Devin. We are talking today about the big news happening around Oklahoma and uh, the world. But one of the one of the big stories this week uh, that our class got some special insight into is the murder of Sawyer English. This happened in 20, the summer of 2019 in Edmond. Uh, uh, this young man was uh, in his home in Edmond, and someone shot him in the back through a window. And he was found several days later. His father is Mitch English. Uh, Mitch is a former anchor uh, reporter in Oklahoma City area. He used to work at Fox 25 uh, along with me here in the greater Oklahoma City area. Uh, he's now uh, a host of a nationally syndicated morning show and lives in Florida and was living in Florida at the time of this. Mitch took some time to talk with our class uh, on Monday and, and do an interview with our students. And Anya was there. Anya, why don't you give us uh, kind of your impressions of what we learned talking with Mitch about the murder of his son? Uh, yeah, it was uh, really great to sit down and be able to talk with him. Um, and he, uh, Mitch, late Mr. Mr. Mitch, Mr. English, um, let's refer to him as that. He um, took the time to sit down and talk with us and laid out the facts of his case, of his son's case. Um, and uh, from what I gathered, um, Sawyer was uh, shot through his window, shot three times in the back, um, and uh, he collapsed, tried to get away, and I think he, he died in his home. Um, uh, give me just one second. Oh, yeah, so he was shot on a Sunday, um, but the police did not find his body till a Friday, and um, it was uh, sadly, and I offer my condolences to Mr. English, uh, but his son's body was too decomposed to identify because of the 100 plus temperatures and the time that this took place. Um, there was accusations of his involvement uh, in the Irish Mafia and Solomon, Solomon would like to point out that um, Sawyer did try to crawl out of his window, uh, which that attempt failed and he fell back and ended up dying in his home. So yeah, my deepest condolences to Mr. English's family because um, it's just a sad case all around. And obviously is. It is saddening because nobody wants to see their child that they raised from birth. Nobody wants to have to bury their child. It, it should, it should, the way it should be is you shouldn't have to bury your own child. Your own child should bury you. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to go through this type of thing with with your with 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 your child. Like it's it is it's sad. It's incomprehensible to think about burying your own child, you know, when they're supposed to outlive you and instead you're the one outliving them. It's it's a really sad thing to go to uh, go through. And I uh, applaud Mr. English for sitting down and being able to talk to us uh, about his son's case because it was all done in a very professional manner. And I'm honored to have gotten the opportunity to talk to someone who uh, went through this firsthand. Max, what were your impressions from uh, the interview with Mitch. What do you remember or what stuck out to you the most from that? Um, um, the, um, the, the fact that the killer actually took responsibility for it. Were you surprised when you heard that? Um, a, a little because I, I, I think that's a very rare 
thing. Um, yeah, I completely agree with Max on that. Uh, the fact that uh, I believe it was George Watson was the killer, but the fact that he took uh, responsibility for the act that he committed shows at least that there is some level of surface understanding of what he did. And it shows some remorse, which obviously doesn't justify the crime that he committed. Um, and uh, talking to Mr. English, he noted Mr. English noted that he told um, he told Mr. Watson, the, the murderer, the person who had murdered his son, he told him in court that he needs to love himself. Um, he told Mr. Watson that he needs to love himself because every sentence that uh, Mr. Watson was saying ended in I hate myself, which obviously there's an understandable level of self-repulsion. Like you'd have to be repulsed with yourself for committing an act like this. And um, I think that that shows a lot of that uh, shows that Mr. English has a very good character because that must be insanely difficult to do to look your your son's killer in the eye and tell them to love themselves. So, well, I can understand how it would be very very hard. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do that, but it's definitely good. it's it's good to know that he at least understands that he did something wrong and that he it is good to know that he's willing to take his punishment because obviously it's not it's not cool to just come up to somebody's house and shoot them through the window so it's definitely good that he that he'll that he's taking this because he knows that there's no getting out of it what did you all learn about the court system uh during the conversation with mitch um, it sounds like the, the court was somewhat abrasive in the way that they approached um, this case. And I mean, you have to be if you're working in this industry and you're dealing with these difficult subjects. But uh, from what Mr. English was saying, um, <laughs> from what Mr. English was saying, uh, it, it sounds like the court was a bit abrasive or, or the the reporters. I can't quite recall um, but it's it's just a really difficult thing to deal with all around. So I'm not sure how that could have been handled better because, you know, that's not my area of expertise. Um, so, yeah, it's just a sad case all around. And there was accusations of of crazy things, Irish mafia members. And, um, man, it's just a lot to take in at once. So, Max, what did you remember about Mitch's comments on forgiveness? I, I remember that. I remember, I remember that he said that that forgiveness is basically for you and not for the other person. Sitting down to talk with Mr. English, he gave us a lot of information um, that wasn't put out there in the news. Like he told us um, how the person accused of killing uh, his son Sawyer, the person's name was George Watson, I believe. Um, he was in supposedly, uh, unbased claims, but supposedly in an Irish mafia and um uh, the accusation was that Watson's girlfriend had some sort of relation outside of Watson's relationship with Mr. Sawyer. Um, and so uh, in that moment, Watson decided to take his anger out on Sawyer, shooting him three times through his window in the back. Um, and something that Mr. English said about forgiveness, he said, forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about you. Um, and I think that that's a really good quote because it 
it just helps us understand a little bit more where Mr. English was coming from when he told Watson to love himself. And something else that I would also like to note is that anger is a secondary emotion. We talked a little bit about this in class, but um, anger doesn't just generate spontaneously. You know, it arises from a primary emotion. And um, what Mr. Watson, I, I can only assume, um, obviously I can't, I can't speak for a killer, but I am at, I imagine um, that Mr. Watson was probably feeling hurt and vulnerable, something along those lines. And uh, from those feelings arose anger and he decided to take it out on Sawyer. Obviously not, not the best decision, not, not a good decision at all. And um, there's also uh, reports of him being on drugs at the time, which, you know, alters your psyche. So he wasn't thinking clearly and that does not at all justify this horrendous act. Well, definitely do need to look look in it through the perspective of the killer i mean like anya said it's not justified but we do need to see how how he could have been like thinking or what he was feeling and i can i mean i'm 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 not saying like like anya said it's not justified but i can understand how he could be angry if something actually had happened between uh, Watson's girlfriend and Sawyer, but I don't. I, it's it's still not right. That doesn't make what he did right. Yeah, it just helps you understand a crime a bit more if you know where the killer is coming from. And I think the information that um, Mr. English presented us with really uh, helps us understand where Watson was coming from, what was running through his mind in that moment. You know, because there has to be a lot of hurt and anger. Uh, to combine in something like this, to to end like this. What are your thoughts on that, Max? I I feel like I feel like either I feel like either way, it the the action isn't really <clears throat> there. There's that no there, there's no way you can justify it either way. If it actually went that way, it it can't be justified. If it, if it was just a bunch of assumptions and slander then still it, it's not justified <laughs> kind of also another cautionary yeah, tale I about the dangers Sorry. of drug use and abuse you had really a downward spiral and and that's uh, everybody's gonna have to live with it with the rest of their lives sawyer is no longer here and george watson is going to prison really for if not the rest of his life the rest of any meaningful part of his life. Moving on to kind of the other big topic around uh, around the nation is, of course, COVID-19. And as we continue to see the new administration's responses to the pandemic, uh, Anya, can you catch us up on what you've learned so far? Um, so I'm not terribly familiar with uh, what all is going on because I haven't been following um, politics as closely as I should have. But I think that um, it's good that we're starting to get the vaccine rolled out, you know. And Jensen, actually, I know she's not present for this podcast, but she brought up a little bit of uh, information that I believe the Moderna vaccine is supposed to be stored from uh, temperatures of, uh, what was it, 36 to 30. Okay, my mother is correcting me. It's the Pfizer vaccine that has to be stored at a lower temperature um, that it's currently not being stored at. And I know a lot of people have raised questions about whether or not this is affecting the potency of the vaccine or anything like that. I think that's a big issue that should definitely be discussed because I know that can make some people wary in taking the vaccine and, and receiving it. 
Then adding to that is two weeks ago we had the governor announce that in Oklahoma teachers would likely be able to get started being vaccinated this week. And here we are two weeks later. Teachers, while they're part of phase two for the general teachers, there's still no opening up of that vaccination. Are these rollout uh, vaccine rollout efforts hurting us in the long run as far as kind of the hope that we all had with, you know, when you hear there's a vaccine, now it just feels like there's this long, long wait. Yeah, something that um, Jensen pointed out, I know she, once again, she isn't here to say this herself. Uh, she said, quote unquote, the COVID vaccine has to be stored at temperatures 36 to 48 degrees Fahrenheit. And Dippin' Dots is the only countrywide chain that regularly operates at that temperature. So now some people in charge of that vaccine are getting advice from the Dipping Dots company are, and are even looking into renting equipment from them. And so I know that could... Uh, probably um, create a lot of perhaps discontent mean, discontentment in the American public um, with how this vaccine is being stored. And I don't currently have the information. I believe it's the Pfizer vaccine um, that they're having issues with regulating temperature. Um, but one thing we need to make sure we, we're doing, this country is doing, is uh, maybe rebuilding our faith a little bit in, in the medical community, because I know I understand that some of that faith has been lost through this whole pandemic. Uh, when you brought up Dippin' Dots, it reminded me of a town in, I believe, South Carolina that was having problems organizing a drive through vaccine. They called in the local Chick-fil-A manager on how to operate a drive through and, and coordinate that. Are we seeing, you know, I guess the, the concerns are, you know, are we having uh, an effective enough vaccine rollout? And, you know, for all the months we had to plan for this, is it working as expected or as needed? Well, I think we've been... I think we've been doing a pretty good job of getting the vaccine distributed to everyone that that can get it. I mean, like we we obviously we need to get it to everyone. We needed to get get it to all every every country and all around the world. We need to get it to everyone and not just focus on the United States. But I think we've been doing pretty good with it so far. Yeah, I think um, there definitely needs to be a focus on distribution and getting it out into the areas that may be a little harder to um, distribute the vaccine in, uh, because it's important that we kind of control this pandemic so we can get our economy back on track. Um, because I know that the American economy has been widely affected, of course, by the pandemic. People have lost jobs. There's not as much revenue coming in, and it's just a mess. <laughs> I, now I can't remember what I can't remember which phase I'm in. <laughs> But the, the phase I'm in basically basically says I'll probably get it in a few months. Yeah, that's that's definitely good. Um, that's something to look forward to. Um, and I think another thing that has to be considered, um, you know, with kind of how our economy is is going right now, is uh, looking at plans for how will we be able to recover our economy after a big after a major global event like this. And I I don't want to necessarily call. Uh, what has happened, the degradation of our economy, because it's not morally based. You know, it's uh, it's just the fact that people haven't been able to work either because they've been sick, they've had to quarantine or uh, or they've they've simply lost jobs, you know, from this pandemic. So uh, I hope that this presidency definitely focuses on getting our economy back on track where it needs to be. Yeah, I think I think it should. I think the administration should. I think they should do I th they should they should take measures to like secure jobs so that people can continue to work and have be able to make the make money so they can take care of their families 
And honestly, I, I just think that's, that's just what they should do. Because too many people shouldn't, I don't believe people should just be losing their jobs simply because they're, simply because customers can't come in or something like that. It's definitely has affected small businesses all across uh, America and, and across the across the world because, you know, it, small businesses are generally community-based. And when the community is essentially barred from going to those businesses, then those businesses will no longer be in business. So I think during this pandemic, it's definitely important to uh, support your local small community businesses because that really is the backbone of our country, you know, like mom and pop shops and stuff like that. We're about out of time today. We've got a couple of big topics here. Uh, great job today. Solomon, Max, Anya, and Devin joining in as well. Thank you for joining us for Teen Talk News. I'm Phil Cross with the Epic News Network, and we will talk to you next week.